Caribbean Cricket Podcast with me, David Oran. I'll be looking at the recent cricket news stories in the region in the company as ever of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. Reds, how are you? Well, um, it's been a busy week. Um, <laughs> I had uh, to commit to a mobilisation programme for the India-West Indies Test Match here, now moved to August. And the Ministry of Sport and Youth um, well, they brought to an end yesterday afternoon a Champions Tour where Darren Sammy and Johnson Charles uh, visited some 30 schools uh, to mobilize, uh, motivate young people towards sport, cricket, working hard in school, being good um, students, staying away from drugs, etc. And it, um, well, it was a question of who enjoyed it more. Uh, the students or the teachers? <laughs> now, it sounds like a, a fun week. Uh, you said it's been a busy week. I think that's probably the uh, biggest understatement you've ever made on this show, Reds. Everything off the field, there's there's barely anything to report on the field. Uh, the odd little bit from the IPO and things. But the amount said and done off the field this week, quite incredible. Uh, earlier in the week we had the legends uh, make comments against the West Indies Cricket Board. That would probably have been our biggest news of the week until it was trumped by the news that came out of India that the uh, Indian board, the BCCI, have waived their claim to the $42 million uh, that came out of the, the, the strike, uh, the strike, the players withdrawing in October, uh, year before last, 18 months ago. Great news for West Indies cricket, <laughs> great news all round. Is this a triumph for the West Indies Cricket Board Reds? Well, I believe more so maybe uh, a total um, a total sort of being relieved. <laughs> um, I think one must say gratitude to the new Indian Cricket Board. They didn't have to. This could have been, you know, a cloud hanging over our heads for years, um, mm-hmm. you know, down the road. A new West Indies board um, could have inherited that. Yeah. That does not seem to be the case. What people are asking is whether there are special conditions. Um, that was not spelled out. It was simply said um, it was agreed to waive it. It was agreed that the West Indies will come back and play once more in 2017. And of course, um, the Indian fortress of the West Indies is still on. Mm. But people are asking, are there any special conditions that the Indian board uh, did uh, apply. We do not know, and no doubt uh, the West Indies board in time will clear that up. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, effectively, we've not actually heard uh, comment really from the West Indies Cricket Board on that news. Obviously, they're, they're delighted. Uh, the news came uh, via Crick Info, a report on Crick Info, and um, yeah, the West Indies Cricket Board will doubtless confirm um, what the specifics are later down the line. Um, Specifics of India tours the other way around. India are in the Caribbean in a few months' time, and yet the 
dates still haven't been confirmed, have they, Reds? But I believe that you broke a story this week that uh, the the, the penciled-in dates for the St Lucia Test match are being moved. Yes, um, I ran in or onto that information that St Lucia will not hold the first anymore in uh, July 6th to the 10th, simply because, um, although it hasn't been mentioned, it's very much into the carnival season as they build up towards the finals. And it was thought with CBL arrangements being made also. Um, and of course, St. Lucia will be hosting uh, four matches sometime in July. It was maybe best thought to be um, a need to move it to August. My understanding now is somewhere between August um, 2nd to the 10th. Hmm. That includes the arrival days and the departure days. And that gives them um, less pressure. And I think Ken Crafton is already starting um, work on the ground. is starting to look totally grass and certain areas are being filled in towards the end. And Boundary Edge, the square is full of grass and I think it will be a pretty good test pitch. Yeah, yeah. And I believe uh, you're going to be doing some promotion around uh, St. Lucia's involvement in that series, Reds. Well, I think it's necessary because um, the crowds for 2020, as you know, David, all over the world in the Caribbean, very, very good, bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. 50 over, there's always a good crowd for the ODIs, and I expect that South Africa, West Indies, and Australia will attract good crowds. Um, but, uh, you know, St. Lucia's only had four test matches, so there's not a long history of test cricket um, at uh, the test ground here, now named, of course, mm-hmm. after Darren Sammy. Years ago, St. Lucians had to journey as far as Guyana to watch Test cricket, Trinidad and Barbados. I don't think that they went as far as Jamaica. But now St. Lucians, um, with the, the, the love you, love you venue they have, mm. can now watch Test cricket at home. And there maybe is need for a, a mobilization talking to the major um, stakeholders, the hotel associations, the trade unions, um, the companies, the private sector that in, employ hundreds of people, um, the teachers union, you know, you know, this, the sky is the limit. And uh, it's a question of making people, um, you know, conscious that they need to support a test match here. Um, if you want to attract more test matches, and of course, um, you know, in naming uh, the ground after Darren Sami, you want to make sure uh, that there is a good, uh, there is a good turnout. There's a chance of getting the four top secondary schools to attend. They finished in the schools um, finals, and uh, that kind of of mobilisation drive. And there will be a press conference where the the the. Pr- Sporting press here in St. Lucia will be asked to play a major role to, to really carry the message and carry the appeal to all St. Lucians to come up and show up for the test match and maybe to show up uh, for the, 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 the Darren Sami renamed ground. Mm, no, absolutely. Well, I know you've lent your name to that, uh, to that appeal, to that uh, incentive. Uh, wish you well in it. Not such well wishes this week. Uh, Reds coming from the cricket legends of the Caribbean towards the West Indies cricket board. I uh, touched upon this earlier that, uh, uh, in, in some ways, their fire was a little doused by uh, the news that came out of India with the uh, the forty two million pounds uh, dollars, I should say, US dollars being waived. 
Um, but they gathered in Grenada and issued a statement renewing the demands that have come from CARICOM previously um, for the immediate dissolution of the West Indies Cricket Board. Uh, some very, very eminent names in there, Viv Richards, Andy Roberts, Derek Murray, among others, Sir Garfield Sobers. Very strong opinions. Surely these aren't opinions that can be just ignored, Reds. No, I think um, the waiving of the $42 million is separate and apart. I think every Caribbean person, uh, be it prime minister, uh, be it man in the street, would welcome that. That's a separate issue. Um, whether the prime minister subcommittee uh, is still strong on their demands for change, um, yes, I would think so. And, uh, you know, with the illustrious names that you call, um, it, it does um, present a, a, a very a good picture. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I will think it further strengthens um, whatever efforts being made by Prime Minister uh, Mitchell. Um, we, we, we just have to wait and see if uh, they will have any impact. In, in the meantime, I haven't read a response uh, from the West Indies Board. Um, and I would believe that these great outstanding men, you know, um, would have participated in, in whatever was put out from the meeting. And uh, they will not be, you know, um, their faces will, will, will not be conveniently sort of used um, in, in whatever press release. I, I respect those gentlemen, and I will think that they will want to have any input which involves their presence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we're in a time where there is widely divergent opinions uh, about the West Indies Cricket Board, about uh, CARICOM, uh, about the uh, treatment of the international players, the treatment of the uh, grassroots players in the first-class game. Even within CARICOM itself, uh, they're not exactly a united front. You, you made mention there that uh, everybody would welcome the uh, the waiving of the uh, £42 million. Uh, That wasn't what Keith Rowley, the Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago, seemed to imply in an interview with uh, Fazir Mohammed recently. He, he welcomed uh, um, that censure. But anyway, interestingly, uh, Gaston Brown, the Prime Minister of Antigua, he distanced himself recently from the comments of uh, uh, the stronger minded or the, or the more outspoken, let's put it that way, members of CARICOM, Dr Rowley, uh, Dr Mitchell, Dr Gonzales. Um, there isn't a uniformity of opinion, but it seems to me, Reds, that this was almost like the first shots fired in a civil war. I've, I've been fearing a civil war in the governance of cricket in the Caribbean for some time, and this felt like it to me. Well, no doubt um, Prime Minister Brown doesn't hold the same position as some other CARICOM Prime Ministers, and, that, and that's very clear. And, um, you know, it will be interesting um, when they all meet together in the next meeting of CARICOM, if th this cricket matter will be trashed out, because it's important uh, from the CARICOM Prime Ministers that there's total understanding uh, in, in the way forward, and unison of, of, of thought and and action. Uh, there could be other prime ministers who probably um, hold the same view. None has been maybe as outspoken um, as as uh, Prime Minister Brown of Antigua Barbuda. Um, we, we, we just have to wait and see what will come out of the latest meeting, which, as you said, attracted some um, outstanding former great players of character 
uh, and to see whether that is going to bring um, any change. There is a meeting in May mm. um, where the West Indies Board will meet in May. A number of things are on the agenda. I would, I would also think that there will be a response um, to the CARICOM subcommittee and other matters may be dealing uh, with the upcoming tri-nation, uh, which, of course, is a talk around town. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the West Indies Cricket Board did release a, a press release sort of in response to the, the, the legend's demands. Um, personally, I didn't think it was enough. This is in the same week in which they uh, released their annual report of their uh, uh, 12 months' activity economically up to the end of September 2015, and that announced uh, a profit, so uh, things picking up financially. Uh, although, yep. no, not actually, um, you know, really in the pink in the financial situation in the West Indies, but but an improvement, Reds. Yes, at least not in the red and not yep. facing $42 million in, 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 anymore. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, no doubt of that. It does seem to me, though, I have to confess that um, um, I have been very suspicious of the demands of the Prime Ministers and uh, think that there's a great deal of ego within that. Um Gregory Nichols on Mason and Guest, the former uh, Gregory Nichols, the former secretary of the Barbados Cricket Association, was very outspoken on that program, and actually uh, made some very strong accusations against Dr. Mitchell in particular, and described um, him using the uh, the legends as pawns in a in a political game. Um, so there are some some very strong some very strong views out there, but I confess I still would like to see the West Indies Cricket Board do something more clearly to um, respond to this huge wave of public opinion. It cannot be underestimated. Uh, I was in conversation with Dr Rudy Webster, who's an outspoken critic of the board uh, this week. I, I said to him that I felt this was almost like a stor- storming of the Bastille moment and that the West Indies Cricket Board, it's not good enough anymore to just turn around and say, let them eat cake. Well, it's up to the, the, the PR department of the West Indies Board um, to put out um, their side of the story. Mm. Um, a lot of people are not convinced that the the actual financial arrangements uh, to the players, um, you know, is coming across in a way to convince them. And as I said weeks ago, maybe the best thing for the board to do is is to let Waverly Hines come out and and face the, the Caribbean press in the Eastern Caribbean and intact with, with, with the public so he can face questions and for God's sake to clear up this once and for all. Absolutely, here, here to that. No, I just wish they would be more proactive in uh, getting across uh, their side of it of why things have been as they are. There's been a lot of misinformation out there. It has been one side that has shouted the loudest and sometimes the most convincingly, um, but there's not always been the two sides of it. Um, for example, Phil Simmons in a recent um, interview with uh, Quick Info said he got uh, no, uh, no, no emails of congratulations whatsoever from Director of Cricket Richard Pybus. The, the players themselves they said they had no congratulations whatsoever on behalf of the West Indies Cricket Board. You and I know that's not true, Reds, because we've actually seen those emails. Well, I got an email which I've shared with you. I can't say where it came from, hmm. but um, it clearly it clearly uh, reflects uh, that emails of congratulation was sent by the director of of cricket, um, and it was cc'd uh, to everyone. I mean, and it was sent also uh, to both camps, both the 
men and the women and uh, that kind of, of maybe um, emails should be made public um, so that uh, people can see that uh, there was in fact um, uh, contact um, with uh, the main main um, player so to speak mm. coach manager captain um, and uh, well I, I, I did share that with you and I, I thought I, I should to get your opinion on it and um, I'm glad you raised it yeah now as as I say, I just think there was wish there was more more clarity on some of these things. And a lot of it is is petty stuff. The stuff about the uh, the players not having their uh, their, their their kit ready with their with their names on. Uh, Condi Riley did his best to try and uh, clear that up, and he said that there was players that um, at that stage they wasn't sure if they were going to go on strike or not. Barry Wilkinson, very interestingly, recently uh, referenced the fact that of that original not of the fifteen men that went out there. Uh, to the uh, to the subcontinent for the competition, seven of them were likely to not be signing at that stage. So it was by no means the whole the whole squad, but it was uh, seven in particular. And I think we could uh, sensibly name most of those players. They're they're quite obvious. Um, yeah. But within this, the thing that concerns me as well is that Phil Simmons, you know, arguably is perhaps a little too close, a little too aligned to that set of players. And if he's in conflict with Richard Pybus. Does that not put his own position as coach in you know, his future in some doubt? The one thing I don't want the younger players to feel is that the coach uh, is basically saying, look, um, the young squad is not good enough. Um, and, uh, you know, if that gets across to, to the young squad, uh, on the basis that that will be the squad he'll have to work with, with in the future, mm. I do not believe it's, it's good um, for the motivation of the young players. Um, I, I think in principle, um, you know, players must not feel that they, their own coach uh, is, is not in backing them, is, is not in favour of them. But David, I do not know if you have um, the email that we got um, uh, available, but just... If possible, could you just read one um, email? I, I know there were one or two. Just one, just our our, our, our listeners can can hear the language, please. Ooh, if, you, if you, 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 really, you really put me on the spot there, Reds. Let, let me see if I can uh, uh, click to my uh, computer while we continue talking. I don't want to uh, interrupt the, the flow of our conversation. I will say this, that uh, Kirtley Ambrose, Sir Kirtley, has really encouraged all sides to get together and talk and um, I, I, when are they going to do so reds well i think the the may meeting the may meeting may look at at, at, at this issue there uh, there you know some in favor of, of of the rule which says if you didn't play in the nagico you don't qualify for the odi some are in favor of um, you know closure to that and pick the team um, from the best players. I think they may, they, they may need genuine compromise on both sides. It, it just can't be a one-sided affair. It's got to be a compromise on both sides if they're going in that uh, direction. And uh, The, the mm. great West Indies fast bowler was suggesting that maybe we, we need to, to, to just 
tweak um, the, the the position, re the ODI um, in, in, in matches coming up. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think it was quite clear what the uh, the status was that uh, if they didn't play in those competitions, uh, they wouldn't be allowed to play. Uh, I know that uh, from. Uh, Twitter this week, Carol Beckford, said that uh, a lot of those players have then subsequently applied for uh, N- N- no objection certificates, NOCs, to, to uh, go and play elsewhere during that time. But then again, these guys have been dropped and sidelined, so of course they would uh, put those in. Um, I think that if, they, if selected, they would make themselves available to play and not go off to England or elsewhere. That would be a very, very big olive branch towards reconciliation. But I found these emails you wanted me to uh, mention, Red, so let me just quickly do that. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list of who they were sent to, but... Uh, but let's 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 just make it clear they were sent to uh, uh, everybody that was relevant. Uh, dear Stephanie, Darren, Phil and Vassy, so that's the two captains and two coaches, congrats on your performance so far and wishing you, the players and management, all the very best for tomorrow from everyone at WICB. Best wishes, Richard. That's obviously on the eve of the final, or semi-final, I should say. Uh, the email number two. Dear ladies and gents, to the same group of people, best wishes for your historic day tomorrow, so eve of final, from all at West Indies Cricket. Regards, Richard. Again, from the director of cricket. And finally, the third, uh, the same people sent to, congratulations to you all, your teams and management, on your historic achievement. Regards, Richard. So th- these weren't essays, but these were qu- they're almost like the equivalent of old-fashioned telegrams of congratulations, Reds. Yeah, well, I'm glad that we, 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 we brought that into the program so people can just um, not feel we're just saying this, that, that you, you're actually reading... Uh, from the what we consider an, an authentic email, mm. and um, you know, I think we we have done our part uh, in trying to 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 bring balance and and, and clarity to this whole whole issue. Mm. I, I know you got a lot on your plate this morning to throw at me, so David, we need to move on. No, I th- I, th- I think you're right, Vince. I think you're right. Let's let's go on to the really big news of the week. Uh, I think that that everybody wants to hear you talk about uh, Tino Best's claims for his uh, his prowess as as a, as a gentleman of the the night. Tino Best uh, has got his new book coming out, and extracts have been appearing. Uh, some about his cricket, and this was about his uh, extracurricular activities. Read. I, I'm sure you're really looking forward to reading it, aren't you? The answer is no. Uh, <laughs> Anyone who have written a book, I, I, I've tried myself, and I appreciate all people who have bought one. But I would prefer Tino to, you know, focus on uh, on, on the amount of tech, test wickets uh, he didn't get or why he didn't get um, his opportunities, etc. I would have expected more cricket um, <laughs> in the book. Um, he had a long, um, a fairly long stint with Yorkshire, um, and. Uh, I, I would think that, that I would disagree about his suggestion that Barbados should go it alone. And already you have seen Marvin Dillon uh, come out and say uh, what he said about no support and not hearing from him and not getting any kind of, of, of love from him, as he puts it. You know, I, I think he, he, he could have written maybe... Um, uh, a, a different sort of book, but uh, it was his call, and um, well, he probably will get some people buying for the juicy side of. 
<laughs> I suspect it will probably be uh, uh, very successful, but um, I doubt that it'll be um, a, well. I doubt that it'll be uh, uh, in the literature section. Um, staying with player news, uh, Chris Gale's become a dad. He flew home from the IPL for uh, for, the, for the birth, and reportedly has uh, named her his daughter Blush uh, after a notorious incident in the winter. Was that was that a wise move, Reds? Well, that's really up to Chris and um, his his partner. Um, we say congratulations uh, to the mother, Absolutely. who obviously uh, sometimes mothers do, um, you know, get left out in 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 a matter like this. And what's probably um, just encouraging the news out of Australia yes. uh, that he'll be uh, allowed to play in in the next uh, big bash. So. Um, I think it's good news all around um, for the the Chris Gale camp. Yes, no, a- absolutely. I think uh, uh, it was a furore. I think it was more than a storm in a teacup. And it's now time to move on. And uh, yes, it'd be great to see him playing again. And let's hope he has learnt from the experience. Uh, another experience to learn from um, on both sides. Uh, the, the, the appalling news this week, Reds, about uh, Franklin Rose, who was deported from New Zealand, and he's written about his harrowing experience via a, a release via the West Indies Players Association. He also told RJR News in Jamaica that he intends to sue the New Zealand government for his, uh, what he calls, racist treatment. This made for uncomfortable reading, didn't it, Reds? Yes, well, if, if what he has documented is, is, is in fact so, and, um, you know, this can be eventually um, checked out. Um, it was a very harrowing experience. Now, I got to know Franklin Rose fairly well, and um, I have never found uh, his personality and his demeanor abrasive. Mm. And just, just seemed just seemed to be a very unfortunate situation. I was hoping that I would have seen where the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Jamaica uh, might have written uh, to their counterparts in New Zealand asking uh, for more information. Uh, I, I don't want to go uh, as far as asking for an explanation, yeah. but asking for clarity on, on the matter. Um, was their national um, treated properly, etc.? Uh, and, you know, to tr- be thrown into jail for one day or 10 days or, mm. or whatever amount of days, um, I, I can't remember you said. Um, I think you know, months, it's, I think, in the end, Reds. It, it's really something that is not easy to take. I mean, just for me to stay home without leaving my house for one day, mm. um, you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't often happen. I, I, I just like to be able to go out and uh, do something, buy papers, uh, you know. Uh, th- this must have been a, a frightening experience. Uh, for, for Franklin Rose. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, obviously, we're not in a position to uh, authenticate the veracity of any of this. You know, take it all at face value. There may be another side to it. Um, but if people yep. want to read more about it, I will put links to the, the story uh, on on, uh, on the website that carries this podcast. And I'd like to hear the New Zealand response. Yeah, yeah. Because the better, the better they do that, um, you know, um, I've, I, I've had the pleasure of going to New Zealand on three occasions, and uh, I have never found that they're a, they're a nation, um, you know, who, um, you know, normally will, will behave in that matter. But, of course, 
um, you know, there are two, two sides to the story. Yeah, no, well, if there's anything more that emerges from that, we will uh, we'll <coughs> flag it up, share it. Uh, other little bits of news we must uh, flag up, as it were. Uh, Fidel Edwards has uh, broken his ankle playing football ahead of a county championship match, Reds. Uh, are you a fan of uh, football ahead of uh, cricket matches? Well, that is something which has always been debatable, uh, whether um, these new warm-up drills are, are really relevant. I'm very, very sorry um, for Fidel Edwards because mm. he had a fantastic year uh, for Hampshire. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden looking forward to another good summer, um, taking wickets, bowling really fast. Um, he's been sidelined and um, no doubt it'll take some time uh, for that angle, ankle to take a lot of... That, that, that takes a lot of pressure for any fast bowler or for any cricketer for that matter um, to get back to anything near 100%. But there's always been a, a, a debate. Um, you know, when I was a very young commentator, um, that was not part of, of any kind of warm-up. People might come and run around a little bit um, and do this, do their laps and things like that. But the modern warm-up drills um, includes playing a little bit of rugby, um, playing football and, and other things. Some people are against them, um, you know, using a tennis ball. Um, there's a great debate on, 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 on these warm-up drills, but I think when um, uh, someone like Fidel Edwards or any else break a leg, it's going to come up for more discussion. Yeah, yeah. No, we wish him well, and we uh, hope that he recovers. And this is not an injury-threatening um, injury. Uh, another injury, Samuel Badry. He's uh, out of the uh, IPL. He's had to withdraw from that. We hope that he's fit uh, for the, uh, the the CPL. But other news this week, Reds. Um, the West Indies were approached by the Pakistan Cricket Board uh, to play uh, perhaps a couple of the ODIs that are due for later in the year in the United Arab Emirates uh, to actually play them in uh, Pakistan. Politely, I believe, the West Indies Cricket Board has said no. Well, I wouldn't want to comment on that. I think you were in a better position for this podcast, David, um, to, to maybe re re respond to what was not a surprising decision by the WICB. No, not not a surprising decision at all. It's an absolute tragedy that the wonderful people of Pakistan are being denied uh, test cricket, one-day cricket, yeah. internationals generally on... Uh, in their own country, and uh, it's entirely understandable because the situation is too, too fraught. Uh, there's a tiny, tiny minority, 0.001% of maniacs out there that are killing people and threatening people. Uh, only um, over Easter, there was a very, very nasty attack in, uh, in, in Lahore. Um, people, people die, and, and when when you have the West Indies cricket team or any international cricket team coming, they're an obvious target. And the groups that are looking for headlines, looking for terror, uh, will, will do what they can to try and get to them. It's, it's just not worth it. And Pakistan is the loser. Other cricket teams are the losers from not being able to come to this lovely country. But it's the sensible, it's the sensible response. Yes, I, I certainly um, will support, um, you know, any... any, any... Any, any country that takes that decision. I mean, look what happened with Sri Lanka. You know, there, there is nothing more to, to, to be said. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there was, going back to Sri Lanka, uh, I would... Uh, <clears throat> 
I would, I would point people in the direction of a very good interview that the former Australian test umpire Steve Davis gave to the BBC this week within a, a, an overall county cricket podcast when he recalled the horror of the 2007 Lahore attacks. And, uh, you yeah, know, fascinating listening. Um, I will put links up to that too. West Indies will be playing Afghanistan, we hear. Um, that's only come out in, in one report in... Uh, you know, I think from UAE uh, earlier this week, but uh, it's believed that they're intending to the Afghans to host West Indies, or rather in the UAE, to play three 2020s against them uh, after the Pakistan series. That would be good. Give the, uh, the West Indies chance for revenge, Reds. Yes, um, good for Afghan cricket if, if, if it comes off. And I, I think um, they would be fairly happy with their win over the West Indies. And... As you said, time for revenge, as they say. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we just wish the development of um, cricket in Afghanistan, which has got, of course, um, its, its own security problems, yeah. uh, the very best for the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, moving on, uh, CPL news. It was announced earlier this week that Guyana is going to host the CPL semi-finals and final. It was then announced that it's not quite a done deal, and I've not really heard anything confirmed since then. What was confirmed is that they are probably going to pay 1.5 million US dollars for the event. They've also agreed to, uh, this is the Guyanese government, repay in instalments a debt of half a million dollars to the CPL, which was incurred by the previous Guyanese government. So it looks as though it's going to be there, Red. Lots of letters in the Guyanese press asking if this is a good use of public money. Yes, I did check the the morning papers, um, and I've been checking um, the papers since um, there was um, maybe a little question mark to whether it was a done deal or not. Uh, We we just have to wait and see. They have to make a decision very soon. Uh, Guyana, Barbados... Trinidad Tobago all interested in holding uh, semi-finals and finals, and uh, you know if it doesn't come off um, at Providence, it's probably going to be a major letdown to the Guyanese cricket in public, uh, which is huge. And uh, you know um, we we just have to wait and see what will eventually uh, come out in terms of, of who will host uh, the finals this year. Yeah, now we we'll wait and see. Um, Barbados uh, Tridents have their own uh, difficulties. The latest news this week on Dr. VJ Malaya, who uh, absconded uh, from India, is that warrants are being issued for his arrest. He was also uh, convicted in his absence in a Hyderabad court of bouncing a cheque. Um, this is all uh, a further troublesome bouncer for the Barbados Tridents, isn't it, Reds? Yes, it must be very worrying for the franchise and the management of the franchise. I see where he has responded um, to um, providing information um, to the Indian authorities by simply saying, I'm a non-resident, I live in England, I don't have to provide you with, with, with the information you request. Uh, but it's it's up in the air, and uh, I, I don't believe that the Barbadian public um, are happy about the uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing I found very interesting coming out of Barbados this week was that uh, the Minister of Sport there, Stephen Lashley, uh, appeared on uh, Voice of Barbados' brass tax programme the the Sunday before last. And in it, he he admitted that the uh, BCA, the Barbados Cricket Association, is owed 10 million, I think it was 10 million US dollars rather than Barbados dollars, in leasing payments. That all seemed very, very odd to me. 
Um, have you, have, do you know more about this than I do, Rids? No, I don't. Um, you know, the, the ground um, ownership um, is uh, totally independent um, and, you know, you, you, you really have to dig further, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get uh, the, the, the whole background. But it's been an ongoing, an ongoing issue about who, who really controls the ground, etc., etc., and we haven't heard the, the last of that. No, no, I would, I would think not. It's uh, all very peculiar, um, and just sticking with Barbados uh, as we come towards the end, uh, the BCA has, has called an EGM. Um, uh, did, did you know uh, what we expect to come out of that one, Reds? Well, you probably hear their side of the story, which might bring a, a little bit of clarity. But, um, you know, I think you, you need um, for both sides or three sides to meet, which includes, of course, uh, the Ministry of Sport and the Minister of Sport, uh, to try and sort this matter out once and for all. It's ongoing. Yeah. Now, well, what it does indicate is that we've said many, many times that uh, the heart of so many of these issues off the field that we talk about is the parlous financial state of the region. And uh, nobody can just wave a magic wand and uh, dish money out like confetti, can they, Reds? No, the, 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 the Caribbean governments just don't have that, the, that, that kind of resource. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's difficult times. It puts a strain upon the pocket. And uh, this is where you and I, and we know there's many that disagree with us, but um, feel that uh, the West Indies Cricket Board, in many of these, these things, have, uh, have budgeted intelligently. Yes, I, I think the, the bare fact that um, there, there's a surplus, uh, it's not a huge surplus, but um, at least uh, they're, they're not in the red. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll wait and see on all of these things. Uh, we've gone well past our usual 30 minutes, Reds, but I think there was a, a lot to, uh, to cover and bring people up to date on. Uh, just finally, the, the saddest news of the week um, was uh, to, to learn of the death of uh, the Barbados cricket writer and sports journalist uh, Petra Gooding, who was only in her early 30s, Reds. So a terrible tragedy. Yes, um, just a few weeks back over Easter, um, we were both in um, Grenada, uh, for the track and field um, Carifta Athletic Championships, and um, she was, you know, looking hale and hearty. Mm-hmm. Um, loved sport, um, did a lot of work on the track and field uh, schools um, championships in Barbados before coming to Grenada, and um, you know, I, I was very surprised. And it's good to see that the a president of the IAF who probably met her um, in Grenada has responded um, with um, his own, his own, um, you know, Tribute. sad, um, sad uh, sort of condolence on her passing. Yeah. And you know, you don't have a lot of female journalists, um, you know, and when um, you lose one who is comparatively young and had a bright future ahead of her. She worked at the Advocate before going to the Nation. Yeah. Um, it, it was v- very sad to, to read about the passing, which really uh, surprised me, because Easter is not that far away. Yeah. No, out of the blue, the first I learned of it was that uh, uh, when I read on the pages of the Barbados um, press, in Barbados today, I think it was. Um, yeah, shocking, tragic, very sad. I thought some prayers uh, to her family and friends. Um that's all we've got time for this week, Reds. Um, 
I invite you, as ever, to uh, thank our uh, listeners, particularly through the Americas and the Caribbean. Yes, um, well, I just want to say again um, to all our uh, listeners to feel free to pass it on. Um, you know, this is a, a, a free broadcast and shared with as many friends as possible. And let us get your, 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 your feedback uh, to anything um, you might want to question, you might want to raise, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, David, um, you can put out um, the, the, the email address uh, so we have one collective area to answer questions. Yeah. Uh, maybe you, you can repeat um, the email, David? Well, the, uh, the uh, email address is literally uh, willowinthewindies at outlook.com. That's all as uh, one word. Uh, Willow in the Windies at Outlook dot com and uh, yes, we welcome to uh, all listeners any feedback. Uh, agree with us uh, delightedly, disagree with us violently. Um, it'd be great to to hear your points of view and for us to discuss them in future programs. Thanks as ever for being with me, Red. Yes, and I'm glad that young Matthews, uh, you know, is getting a chance to go and play in England. Yes, 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 yes. Um, perhaps that's something we uh, uh, need to pick up on again next time is uh, uh, some of the issues with women cricketers. Uh, we do want to increase, uh, or at least maintain, because we have been very good on women's cricket in the Caribbean, and maintain our uh, our views upon that as well, don't we, Reds? Yes, and I think uh, young Matthews, uh, 18 years of age, heading off to Lancashire because I think someone from New Zealand has had um, an injury so, you know, it's amazing how opportunities just come one's way in, 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 a, in a funny kind of roundabout way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I will just remind our listeners uh, that uh, this podcast is now available to subscribe to on uh, on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud as well, obviously. But yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, you can pick up our regular podcasts and all the extras that I do uh, with other guests from time to time. Uh, this has been The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast uh, with me, David Orm and Red Pereira. And we hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.